Fishbowl Radio Network. Your voice matters. Jump in. You are now locked in to the Mental Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network.
What, what? Hello, Mental Speak family. It is your host, Latanya Davison, coming at you from the Fishbowl Radio Network in Arlington, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us today. I had to rock some MJ. I'm still on my third day of uh, MJ Day celebration. Of course, it was his birthday on Wednesday, and uh, I had to drop my MJ jam. Also celebrating the uh, the life of Miss Aretha Franklin. I don't know if you guys are partaking of the six-hour funeral service on CNN, but uh, <laughs> uh, man, it's a very tough week for us, uh, you know, music-wise, but we've gotten through it. It is about achieving social interaction, uh, social balance, actually. And it starts with, with us individually, right? And I have a philosophy that in order to achieve balance individually, it's going to require knowledge. It requires insight. Uh, we often operate from our emotions in this society, uh, especially in America. A uh, big thing we like to do is uh, get information and get information and react emotionally. Uh, so this show is about giving you the logical perspective, getting the informational perspective so that you can integrate it with the emotion. Emotion is good. We need it, right? It helps us to read our environment. But when situations crop up, we're not responding in a way that's objective. And as it relates to police and community relations, we know without a doubt that we're, we're constantly in a state of emotional reaction on both sides. And so my hope is that we generate the discussions uh, that allow us to, to see another side, to see another perspective. Perspectives are infinite in this universe. And so we need a little more perspective so we can start to take steps to to know what to do, right? So today I've got some amazing guests. I have some really amazing guests uh, sitting in. I have John Salerno. He's a retired New York police officer. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I just knew you wanted that. You yeah, knew yeah, I you wanted it. Because you guys made fun of me all day on last Wednesday. Is what we got going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and we have... Mr. Rick Campbell, he is a retired Dallas police officer, 36 years. Yes, ma'am. Now representing heroes, cops, and kids yes. out of Fort Worth, correct? Out of Dallas. Out of Dallas. Yeah. We're, okay. We're actually based out of Waxahachie, but we do all our work in Dallas, mostly. Okay. Okay. I believe we have Terrence Hopkins. Uh, he is uh, a current active police officer. I think that's who that was that called in. Um Terrence, if you're listening, give us a call back. But uh, we, these gentlemen have joined in the discussion today so graciously. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. How uh, we're going to get to the verdict. We're going to get there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm literally over, I'm, I'm trying to explain how overwhelmed I am right now, like with getting to the point of it all. But that's why I wanted to lay that foundation. You guys feel where I'm coming from? Right. Yes, right, yes, right, right. yes. Balance. Balance. Um. <laughs> you don't even know where to go. <laughs> like, 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 just start? jump right in. Just jump right in. Just jump right in. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Let's talk about 36 years as a Dallas police officer. How? What led you into 
the force? What what made you want to be a police officer? That's pretty interesting because I, I started out, uh, I came from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. I lived in a low-income area. Okay. Uh, I was with my mom. I had three sisters. Uh, my dad had left, so I had a stepdad who was on and off every now and then. Okay. So uh, at that time, when I was coming up, it was it was pretty bad. So I said I wanted to do something, so I wanted to go to college. So I eventually came to Texas. I had relatives here who had a paint and body business, and I started working there. And then I attended a junior college. And that was my dream, to either do police work or art. I was an art major. So when I went to the college, uh, they talked me into, hey, man, you may want to do this. <laughs> I met a lot of officers there. And it became very interesting to me. So I said, you know what, I'm going to change my profession to uh, criminal justice. So uh, I went from there into the police department. They had a program. I think at the time they had a cadet program. I found out about that, and I applied. And uh, at one time, I thought I wasn't ever going to get in because it took almost a year for him to do my background. So after that was concluded, they said, well, yeah, you've been accepted. So uh, I got on and hired on August of 27th, 79, and I've been there ever since. Wow. John, New York. New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, growing up it was in on Long Island, uh, it was either, you know, you were going to be a police officer, firefighter, or sanitation worker. You were thrown out by your parents to go say, hey, go take a civil service test. Wow. You know, but, and that, and that's what the careers, I mean, that's yeah. that's what the careers were. And um, I always wanted to be a cop. I always wanted to make a difference, either being a police officer or a firefighter. I always wanted to help. Um, so I failed the fire test, so now I'm a cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. <laughs> so... You know, um, I was, you know, I grew up, I grew up um, in a single family home as well, uh, a mom with two sisters, and our life was good. You know, we weren't, we weren't poor by no means, but we struggled. Mm -hmm. um, and when I became, when I, when I got on a force, I got thrown into um, a precinct that was riddled with crime at the time, right. uh, East New York, Brooklyn. 7-7 Precinct, back in the early 90s. Shout was, out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> uh, was the one of the epicenters for the crack crack age, you know. So here I am, a white cop mm -hmm. from Long Island, you know, thrown into a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, and the funny thing is, is, you know, my whole career made hundreds of arrests. Mm -hmm had a lot of shoot or don't shoot situations and never got one complaint. So I pride myself on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will discuss how that happens when we get further into policing. Um, there's, when you say balance, there has to be an acceptance as well. You know, you have to, for a white cop to go into a black neighborhood, um, you just can't roll in there. You have to learn the community. Communities are different. Which is what came up last week. Right. Yeah. You have right. to learn you have to you have to learn the communities because the way you approach ten white guys sitting in front of a store and the way you approach ten black guys sitting in front of a store are different. Yes. And not on a race issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not on a race issue. It's it's 
it's a community issue because those those ten black kids hanging out in front of that bodega, that's normal life to them. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that's their norm. So you can't approach them with your shields up. Right. You can't approach them with an uh, enforcement attitude. So there's perspective, like we were discussing. Here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Rick, you're coming into a ongoing conversation. Obviously, I'm sure you've entered into it. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Last week, what I did is I I felt like the the one bit of information that I feel has been missing from a lot of conversations is the history of policing in America. Okay. And I laid the foundation for, and and this is at the scholarly level, it, this has been researched right. and laid out, that policing had its roots in slave catching. Right. Okay. My perspective has been that we've tried to have this conversation where if we leave that out of that of this history it's such an important part of this history because how policing was done from the get-go mm-hmm. and what it morphed into affects the way that some people approach policing today right right because if that's part of their heritage mm-hmm. that's the way they approach it so my thought process is well in order for the policemen of today to be able to do what you're doing, which we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. I feel like we had to be honest about what it's been. Right. Is that a, is that approach like a healthy approach? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a social worker, so I can <laughs> see what I do. I mean, but, but you get what I'm saying? Because there's people that, that will say, and I'm, let's go ahead and jump into it. Heroes, cops and kids. Okay. So I'm saying we're going from, uh, you know, generations of police officers making unruly people Mm -hmm. behave right to hey i'm here to help right do you see the big gap yes that's what i'm saying i feel like we're trying to fix this gap and we're not talking about you know how do we get there yeah yes and that's very important uh because when you when you think about it, and a lot of police officers, we come from those same communities. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from a crime-ridden ghetto community, gangbangers. But I think, on the other hand, you, the family structure, mom and dad being together, uh, your religious views, how children are raised, that has a lot to do with the outcome and the end result of everything. Because if you're coming from a, a good family structure where mom and dad are there, and they're participating in the child's life and giving him information that he needs, godly godly information, going to church, helping him out with his schools. It kind of helps the uh, the situation a lot better. And then the, the downside to that, of course, when you have people that have done horrific things like officers you've had, if you had corruption, they, send it, they tend to want to look at that. And a lot of times we're generalized or demonized as all being that way. So as parents, we have to sit down and explain to our children that a lot of these scenarios and things that happen are on an individual basis. Right. Because you, you, you have good and bad in everything. For sure. So you have to separate that and you have to go into that approach with that mindset that, well, let's find out the facts before we demonize. You can't demonize everybody right. because of the actions of a few. And I think that is what's happening now. So what you're saying, it, it, it's wonderful because... It's always good to know where you came from when you look back at history because officers were looked upon then as 
being a little bit more aggressive and, you know, people saying, well, they're profiling us or they're doing this or they're doing that because that was, it was a different time. You know, there was a time where you didn't have black officers here in Texas. Right. So we, you know, so there were a time you didn't have women officers or, or women officers right. or women yeah. officers until the early seventies. So yeah. So until society had to catch up. Uh, and I'm talking about our leaders, you know, legislation, President Kennedy and doing different things, civil rights movement. Things had to catch up. So and that's why I always tell the young people, be blessed when you see officers of different colors and different uh, and ethnic backgrounds and makeups in your neighborhood. You need that. You need diversity. Yeah. And that's and that's the good thing about now. So I think we've 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 come to do a lot better in that respect yes because now you'll see a, a squad car john can contest this you may have a partner team one guy's italian one guy's black or yep. one guy's asian one guy's white and you need that demographic that's how you can tell an unmarked cop car right you got the the white officer the black officer and the female officer all in the back you could tell it's unmarked yeah yeah all right. different other <laughs> <cars, laughs> yeah, that's a cop talking. car right there oh yeah because those three individuals wouldn't be driving that same capri yeah. anyway <laughs> but i love what you said and society had to come a long way through civil rights and all that to allow people of color to get out there and and, and get these type of jobs yeah. because uh in texas um and this was probably early 60s or 50s a uh, black officer, before he made an arrest, he had to call a white officer to come and, and, and take care of the paperwork. So I'm, I'm saying that to say this. The way society has come up has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Right. But you, you, even if you talk about that religiously, you can't go by that because God says, you, you know, you have to be you have to go by godly things. Right. So yeah. well, if you look, you put behind you. If you look at the evolution, if you look at the evolution of policing and mm-hmm. when you when you bring it back to uh, slave catchers, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and how in the early 1900s, you know, cops were all white cops deemed drunks, mm-hmm. you know, um, brutal, mm-hmm. brutalizing oh, yeah. through the Depression and beatings with sticks and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then as you worked your way up into the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s, the corruption era. Oh, yeah. You know, where... You know, nobody was safe. No, no business owner was safe. Yeah. Uh, everybody was being shaken down by the cops. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, then the seventies and eighties. I mean, it just it, it rolled into, and we've evolved into, I think, a much better police force. Yes, um, than it than it's ever than it's, than it, it's, in it's, context, uh, right? Right, and that's important tra- to say. The training, the mm-hmm. training is probably you know everybody focuses on well, the officers should be trained much. These officers go through training constantly, yeah. constantly. So I don't know if they could be better trained. Maybe in the small towns, yes, because they don't have the money or the resources. Mm-hmm. But big cities like Dallas, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, oh, yes. the Los Angeles, these these departments spend lots of money on training their officers, and they get top-notch training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not so much the training issue mm-hmm. on a lot of these scales. It's, it's, um, it's a person issue. Yes, and, and I'm going to lay the foundation and, and from another perspective as well to add to this conversation. So I'm a social worker, okay? Mm-hmm. A social worker, a person goes into social work, for many different reasons. And I consider different industries, social work, nursing, mm-hmm. you know, medical policing, field, social policing. Work. It's oh, all yes. social work. Yeah. Yes. We are biased as human beings by nature. Mm-hmm. There are biases in us mm-hmm. that exist that are going to be there. They're from your upbringing, nature, mm-hmm. nurture, environment. Right. They exist. I think a big part of what, you know, what we may be asking 
because we have to do this as social workers. Our mantra is know thyself. Mm -hmm. I would like to see police forces take that on. Mm -hmm. Teach people what their biases are. Mm -hmm. Because until you know what you even see or believe or or how you view people, because we all have them, they exist, they're real. Mm -hmm. They're real. How far could that go with, you know, starting to help? Because the training is... Okay. It's only as good as the person knows how to use it, right? right. How to apply it. But but same with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's only as good as somebody's going to look into themselves and be able to pull that out. Which I would say that could be a part of the training mm-hmm. because is teaching the psychology <clears throat> of you know um, of how we develop biases, how we develop in group out group behavior. Mm-hmm. It is go- and this is why I tell people you can't fault someone who grew up in a rural place that has never seen or mm-hmm. interacted with your tribe. Yeah. Right. That's what they know. Yes. And if they decide to put on a uniform, mm-hmm. they need to understand how they came into what they know and what they understand and what they believe and what they feel mm-hmm. and how that's going to affect them when they get out there and do their job. Well, here, here is one solution, and this is where I found it helped me. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. In Dallas, do you have foot patrols? Uh, in certain areas, they do. In certain areas, did, yeah. But I mean, walking through the neighborhood, and not just so much on the on the business aspect, but walking through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and 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 the business as well. The beat, uh, the, the beat, beat cop, the, the beat cop. Mm-hmm. Okay, the beat cop was essential. Okay, because he was able to interact with mm-hmm. the families of that community. Mm-hmm. Hello, how are you? On a non aggressive non-crime basis Mm -hmm. so he became familiar with moms dads kids he became familiar with routine so in a car Mm -hmm. you don't get that right in a car there's no community interaction until it's bad right you know what i'm saying john you you hit it on the head when you walked and, and i've walked the beat and when you walk into a store and you can talk to the uh, the store owner, mm-hmm. and then you can walk down the block, and you can you know talk to the kids on the corner or the kids in the projects, and walk through the projects and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Now it's one on one. It's not our guards are down. It's no aggression. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to arrest you. I'm here to talk. Hey, blah blah blah. You know like whatever. That. Then you know how to the, interact. Right. Right. When the time calls Be- for it. Right. Because right. Because here here's here's one of my points that I was going with the with the kids on the corner. Okay, I walk or I walk the beat every day, and I see these kids with their moms going to church. I see them these same kids going to school, going going to the grocery store, or whatever. Now he's hanging out. They're all hanging out on the corner. I walk up. They know me. Yes. I know how to approach them, and I can call them by name. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that right there takes the threat level down a little bit. Yes. Not that. You never know, mm-hmm. okay, because anything could happen that's bad, but that threat level's down as you're walking up. Hey, here's, here comes Officer John or here comes Officer mm-hmm. Rick. You know, it's not a threatening, get off the corner. It's not, it's not. Me against you. Right. It's, right. it's, it's our it, community. It's our Correct. Community. Correct. I'm so, here. You know what I do here. Mm-hmm. You know what's expected of you right. as so a community member. A lot, right. of, a lot of communities, a lot of cities lack that interaction. So if you know your community, because I remember last week, uh, I think Gary was saying mm-hmm. that people within their community should patrol their own community. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I disagree with that. Really? Okay. I do. I, I do. Um, one, because it's too emotional in. As, as, as a cop, it. okay? As a cop, it's too emotional. Okay. You will see things in your community that you don't want to see, don't mm-hmm. want to believe, and it will make it worse on you after hours. Because the uh, the boundaries between your job and mm-hmm. what right you have because to do. Yeah. Now your your kid your kid's out in a corner and he and he's smoking a blunt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm your next door neighbor. I'm Mr. Cop in the neighborhood. Okay. You're I'm your next door neighbor and I come over and I lock him up. There's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm talking about. But, but, yeah. but I lock I lock <laughs> yeah. him up. I lock I him up. I think about that. I lock him up. Right. Now now it's not only the cop. The cop aspect of locking up your neighbor, it's now now we have a a, a community issue between me and you mm-hmm. on a personal level mm-hmm. that we've never had a personal vendetta against each other. But hey, now it's that guy locked up my kid. So though it's good to work in the similar com- communities, mm-hmm. working in your own community is I don't think is a good idea. I think the best bet is to teach people about the community. Teach people about the ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. There, you know, right across, right across in the seven seven precinct was a large, large Hasidic Jew committee, community. Right? I don't know how to work with Hasidic Jews. I don't know their beliefs, their culture, yeah. their culture. Yeah. I don't know. And what I found out when you make an arrest, and we used to arrest them all the time because they were big, big into heroin. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> really, they'd, they'd come across oh, yeah. across the highway. Yeah, and, yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. Fun fact: heroin and prostitutes. But uh, but anyway, you know, you, when you were if you arrested them on a Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't matter where you were locked them up. You were not allowed to put them in your car. Wow. You had to walk them to the precinct because wow. you had to because it is against their religion to use any uh. motor vehicles on the high holy day. So you had to walk them to the precinct. Now, I go into that community, and I don't know that, and I force this guy into the car, mm-hmm. right? I just I just stepped on his religion. You violated his rights. I violated his religion. And guess who's coming to the precinct next? Yeah. The rabbi. The rabbi, right. yeah. And some, some yeah. lawyers so, down the line, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's just, you know, you know your community, know the people in your community, and, and respect that communities are different. Yeah. And, you know, that... I think takes a big weight off a lot of shoulders. To his point, Rick, and it, no, go ahead. No, don't go ahead. Once you finish the, so I want to ask you specific to being a black officer. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that there's an expectation of you that's different for from being a black officer from the black community, particularly? Any any instances of that? I, I, I've had a few, both negative and both good. You know, you got the Uncle Tom routine. You know, oh, you just you're out there for the man. You know, you don't care about us, this and that. And I said, well, that's not true. But you know, you still have to have a job to do. And what I try to explain to folks, one of the main prerequisites for a free society is law and order. You got to have that. So when I catch these guys doing wrong, sometimes you have an infraction. You don't have to arrest a, a mm. person. You can mm-hmm. you can talk to them. You, Correct. You say, hey man, come on. You know, this is going to get you in jail. You're going to lose your job. You got a wife at home. How are you going to take There's discretion. Try yes. to reason There's discretion. With them. There's yeah. discretion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, officers like to use that, but you don't want to, you don't want management telling you, well, you know, you, you're you down tickets this month. How come you don't, yeah. how come you only got five tickets? I've never been an advocate of that. 
the quota. The quota thing. The, well, the, we don't the, call the, it a quota. The, the quota. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the we quota. Don't, yeah, we don't call it that. There's but. a certain city I live in. I know there's quotas. Right. <laughs> but, you know, now, again, you have to do something. You can't yes. just come in every day and, and with a blank because there's crimes out there. That's true. Right. So then that's your dilemma there. But you you, you got to let officers know and the community know, hey, we don't have quotas. But when we see an enforcement that we need to take action on, we have to do that. Right. Now, if I come in with 30 tickets that day, so be it. But I don't want I don't want somebody to demonize me to say, well, he's just writing all these guys tickets to meet quota numbers because that's not true. Right. Um, uh, most departments don't have that because it's illegal. Right. Yes. So but here and again, you still have to get officers to use better discretion when it comes to don't worry about the numbers, so to speak. Mm. You know, not obviously you're not going to let a murderer go. Or some a burglar or somebody that's stealing. You got to do what you got to do, but there are sometimes you can counsel with the person and say, you know what, I think a warning would suffice in this mm -hmm. instance. Yes. You know, and, instead of throwing this guy in jail because he's going, he's, he's got alias, alias tickets. He's if I throw him in jail and tow his car, he ain't gonna be able to go to work, and he yes. got a family to feed. Right. Yeah. So, sir, you need to go ahead and take care of that, or you need to, you need to give him the information that he needs where he can probably address that without you having to use enforcement. So let's talk about law and order, um, law and order. Mm -hmm. and, and you guys said there's discretion mm -hmm. in the moment because you clearly as officers, you recognize human beings or human beings are going to do what they do. Right. Right. Are you thinking to yourself in the moment? So I know I have the law right here. My job's to enforce the law. Are there times where you're just thinking about, let me just there kind of like a social work. We have a best case scenario. There's going to be a situation where, there's the ethical thing to do, mm -hmm. and there's the right legal thing to do. Does that make sense where they kind of right. they can converge, but sometimes they oppose each other? Right, like giving a person money that right. may be short on his rent or something like that. Yes. And you, we're not required to do that. We're not required to do it. John can probably contest that an officer. I've seen officers buy yeah. kids clothes for yep. school. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes yeah. to in a moment like, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying I really want to get to the root of, of law and order and how some police officers misinterpret, you know, how to approach. The, the Does one that thing, make sense? The, yes. Like the, I, the, one thing, the one thing you got to Because we're moving our way towards <coughs> this case. Right. The one we, thing you got to yeah. remember, okay, and all listeners have to remember this. Yes. Is that a cop is the lowest par, part of the judicial system on the food chain. The cop is the lowest part, part of, of the, the judicial, judicial system because you're because you're at the the level of he, the street level. Correct. Yeah. He yeah. is the, the yeah. you don't go no lower than a cop. The cop is the lowest part. He's the lowest form of the judicial system. But right. are we are we perceive we're not perceiving it that way? Are we? But not now. Here, here, where I'm, here where I'm here yeah. where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a cop has no no um, he does not write the laws. Right. Okay. He does not make the laws. Yep. He does not bring the laws to Congress. He enforces what the laws are. Yes. That's all he does. That's all he does. Okay. Um, and when you talk about discretion, okay, mm -hmm. smoking a joint. And I'm going to go with minimal stuff right mm -hmm. now. Right. Okay. Because I'm looking at discretional stuff. Right. Smoking a joint on the street. Okay. If you walk up to somebody and they're smoking a joint on the street. If I, if I was in uniform and I'm walking up and you're smoking a joint... Okay, I would expect you to just put that joint down, you know, 
And that's it. Because this ain't Colorado. Right, right. And now, you know, you know what? Put, 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 the joint, right. put the joint down. Yeah. When I pass, pick it back up. Uh-huh. Okay? You see me coming. Yeah. All right? If I'm walking by you and I see you with that joint and I, and I start approaching you and you put it down, guess what? That just showed me a sign of respect. Okay. Okay? So guess what? My discretion, my discretion antlers just went up. And guess what? I'm not going to bother you for it. Mm-hmm. And I want to interject here because I think this, again, perspective. Mm-hmm. Not nece- not respecting you respecting the law, right? You're looking for the person to respect the law. Right. You can't smoke a joint here. There's a law enforcer right there. Mm-hmm. Have enough respect for the law. Correct. Mm-hmm. To put the joint down. Right. And I'm going to, you're doing what you do, mm-hmm. but respect the law. Right. Because right. I. I want to say that for people to hear because yes. maybe that's where we have to shift a little bit where it's like you guys have a job to do. Right. See, the, and here you have approximately, what, 750,000 law enforcement officers throughout the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some will arrest their own grandmother. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you know? No discretion. <laughs> no, no discretion. discretion. No discretion. No discretion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No yeah. discretion. Yeah, yeah. And they are by the book, that straight line, you know, and then you'll have, you know, like myself, if I pulled you over for going through a stop sign, if you said you're sorry, you weren't getting a ticket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, if you, oh, yeah, oh yeah. man, I didn't see it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't giving you a summons. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I use discretion a lot because yes. I yes. use m- my way of using discretion was your demeanor towards me as I approach. Mm-hmm. You know what I call discretion, John? That's my favorite word. It's balance. Mm-hmm. To me, it's balance. It's a balance between, and that's why I asked, what is law and order? Mm-hmm. Because there's the law, mm-hmm. but order says, hey, let me do the thing that I'm supposed to do so I'm not infringing upon other people, creating chaos. Right. I'm right. not creating chaos right. for everyone else. Right. 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 I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. And, yeah. you know, if, it, if it's a victimless crime, mm-hmm. you know, as, as long as it's a victimless crime. Right. Smoking a joint is a victimless crime. Yeah, yes. total discretion. Okay, yeah. um, that you know, uh, there's there's plenty of misdemeanors. Now, if you got I, a yeah, trunk full of it, you know, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Might, yeah. That might lead to something <laughs> different. <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, you know, listen, I, I call I call guys, but the joints lead to that, and yes. that's where the probable cause and all the other things come into play. So here's here's what right. here's yeah. what has emerged from what you said, and I think this is what the community is asking for i feel the community and i hope and somebody chime in please please chime in i forgot (laughs) to give you all the number 214-717-4678 i i i feel the community wants police who use discretion right is that what we are asking for you can use discretion right okay you can't ask for discretion because you, there's a fine line. Yeah, because every scenario is different. It's it's hard to tell some person, okay, in this situation, you have to do A, B, and C. I understand. It's the, in the moment. It's and, in the, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and everything changes. And since me and him are both retired, oh, yeah. yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we, we, we can actually turn around and say <laughs> this. You know, yeah. Discretion can be used 
but not spoke about. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's what I said. That's <laughs> yeah. Because look, yeah. you know, so for those of y'all yeah, listening, before that's John, true. me and yes. John were talking before the that's show, true. and that's what I said. I said, John, I said, I think the difference between you all coming on as retired officers and a person who is active, you said that. You were like, right. well, you could speak out, but. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, but yeah. I, I would say that, though, like, and, and I, you know, to any of the police officers listening, that we're asking you to be balanced. We're asking you to find a balance within yourself. John, we're going to get into this in, in, in the second hour, and we're definitely going to cover um, your organization. But I wanted to make sure we lay this foundation that mm-hmm. what are we looking for? What are we looking for? You know, the community is like, we want change and we want something different. What is it that we want? We don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and this is what I would say to that, because obviously, we and we said this earlier, you have good and bad and everything. Yes. But you don't want to take a situation and demonize everybody because of that outcome. You, you see what I'm saying there? Don't because everybody with the same brush. Right. Because yes. that's a totally different situation. The scenario is different. Different. And I don't think anyone wants to go out here and just take a life senselessly because, number one, you got to live with that if you're a halfway decent human being. Right. Um, and there's just so much involved in that. And yeah. as we said earlier, uh, when these decisions are made, now these officers have to make them within seconds. Yes. And then split seconds. And then there's a such thing as you know you acting in good faith and you make a mistake and, and see and that's another downside to that. Yeah. The officer still has to be punished for it, even though his intentions were good. Right. And he made the mistake. Right. He's still punished for that. So and that, that's why I say there's a lot of ways to 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 really look at that and and officers have to realize that too. And realize, should I put myself in this situation? You know, yeah. I, and that's where. Well, see, let's hey, let's wait, move wait, wait. <laughs> and let's ease into. Okay, but Oliver. I'm just gonna I'm just right. gonna yeah. go on what Rick just said. Yes, yes. What, you know where I'm coming from, right? Yeah. Right when you just said that. Was, yes. Okay, a police officer has to put all that through his head, right? Yes. But you know what? He just put all that stuff through his head, and guess what? Mm-hmm. He's dead. That's right. You're thinking about that. You can't think. You can't, Man. and see, and yeah. that's that's yeah. the life of a police officer, mm-hmm. and it's you know they have a split second decision. Now, what's happening is cops are getting killed. I want you to tell your story again. Which one? The one that? Well, you're not gonna. I don't want you to cry though. <laughs> <laughs> I made John cry last time he was on. It, uh, it was a it was a tough story that you told, but. It, it, I had to re, reevaluate. There were people that told me straight up, they were like, look, after he told me that story, I had to reevaluate the way that I think about police officers in the moment mm-hmm. because it was your life or his. Mm-hmm. Oh, with the roof? With the roof. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, um, but, you know. but in that case, though, I feel like it was, it, it's different when it, it seems like it's the cop. Versus the the person who there's no risk to the cop. Granted, and we'll get Granted. into that. We'll yeah, get, into, get that. into that. We'll get yes. into that. But what what that is affecting now is that even if the if the person has a weapon mm-hmm. and he's using it against an officer, yeah, that officer is still thinking lawyer, jury, conviction, mm-hmm. my family, and now you know where he he he's got a justifiable shoot. Okay. Justifiable to return to return fire in his force of his escalation of force, mm-hmm. okay, will not do it 
because he's worried about repercussions, mm-hmm. and that can get him killed. That can get him killed. And yeah. here's what I'm thinking, though. I feel like when I talk to you guys, because you guys are you guys are just great people, right? <laughs> when I had Tim here, same thing. Mm-hmm. Can you go with us and look at those that don't think that don't think? That there's a reaction. Now, I had John on for a mental health. We, we did the mental health mm-hmm. of, of law enforcement. Right. And we talked about cops who have PTSD. We talked about mm-hmm. cops who come, you know, from overseas and they're given a gun. They've been in combat and they, you know, there's some conditioning that goes on, right? Oh, yes. Then you got the people that literally are conditioned. They don't like certain groups of people and they're okay to to pick them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know, we recognize that. I guess that's who we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. How, how does that part get solved? Because it, we that doesn't it doesn't it, it just doesn't it, it doesn't yeah. it just and, is and it what it is and it can't be reason being okay. Rick said it in the beginning in the beginning of the show. You went through a year mm-hmm. of applicant investigation. Oh yes. Okay, I probably went through about the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And that is what they they well they ask about you. They check what your neighbors. They go in to jobs. Anything. Okay. Okay. Now, um, if I'm a hidden racist, okay. If I it, listen, if if I'm a racist. And I and I kept it to myself. I'll never know. Right? You'll never, never know, know. Right? Unless I'm registered on the KKK website. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just it. You're you're not gonna know. Okay? Yeah. So I could have an internal I could have something internal inside me that I don't like black people. Okay? Now you gave me a gun. There is no way to find that you out. Never know. It's yeah. it's like sending a it's like sending a pedophile mm-hmm. in, as a teacher into a school district. Right. How do you know? The pedophile's not gonna turn around and go, Well, I like little boys. He's not gonna say He's that. He's not gonna say it. He's mm-hmm. not gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have a if you have a cop who's racist, okay, he's not going to put on his application. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't like these people. He's not going to do it. So, so you're not going to find out till it's too late. And it's and it's a sad fact. That's, that's the a horrible fact that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a hard fact, that's, man. But I, it, I tell everybody, we get our employees from the same gene pool everybody else gets. Oh, yeah, wow. you know, and wow. it's <laughs> think, think, think about it. Yes. Yeah, it, that's deep. Yes. Be, and it's it's hard. You can make up all the tests you want, you know, and they try to do that with the psychological tests. But mm-hmm. hopefully I, you're yeah. getting folks that come from well-rounded families, and henceforth it goes back again to what we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Train a child in a way that he goes, and when he gets older, he doesn't depart from it. Proverbs right. 22, verse 6. And I, I say that, and and I think a lot of people need to have – got to have a basis from something to believe in, something that's – not corruptible, something that's right. Yeah. So when you do get these jobs or even just everyday interaction, you know how to treat people. Right. Now, you know, there's sometimes we have to be stern. We have to fight folks. And God forbid, you have to use deadly force. But And, and we have to live with that. We have to live with that. But, yeah. you know, and, and that's just a it's not pretty. But it's a fact of this job, and uh, we we call it risk. We, we will say it's a it's, it's a, a risk. Yeah, yes. it's a risk. It's, it's I mean, a I risk got, of this I, job. One of my shootings. I got into a shooting with two 14-year-old boys, two 14-year-old boys. And between me and my partner and the, and the two boys, probably about 18 to 20 rounds were fired mm-hmm. at close range. Okay, Mom came into the precinct. Okay, and This is a Sunday morning. Mom left church, came into the precinct, mm-hmm. and said, "What?" these kids were in the middle of a carjacking. They, they, went to, they, shot, they shot at four people. And we're in the middle of carjack, and we rolled up. They shot at us. We shot back. Um, the mom came in and said, what did your officers do to my son to make my son shoot at them? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Where's that wow. man- Where is that mentality? Do yeah. I blame the 14-year-old, or do I blame the mom? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, mom, mom may have had a hard life back in the sixties and the seventies with those police, right. with the police. Right. Okay. So she is only going by what she knows. Mm-hmm. Does that is that right or wrong? Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a cycle mm-hmm. where you can't fault her for thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Because maybe she was beat by the cops back. Yeah, in the she 60s had a bad experience. Yeah. Maybe she had yeah. a bad. She had so a bad all she yeah. knows, all she knows, is to teach her child the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not. It's not a fault. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's yeah. a culture. It's a culture. Yes. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It America is this. It's just. It's tribes. It's tribes here oh, and yeah. here and and belief systems and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody, but everybody is seeking freedom, but we really, I I think that that's what the struggle is, is Mm -hmm. where are we finding the police force, the law enforcement within this, this search to be free and liberated, right? Right, right. And and it seems like we're all waiting on the laws. Right. And henceforth, and you guys hit it on the head, community engagement. And I will say that's a blessing that departments are doing that. John, you're familiar with PAL. That's been around mm-hmm. for what? Yep. For mm-hmm. years, yep. decades. Yep. Police Athletic League. Yeah. Where young kids and in, in these. engagement right here. Yeah. And these neighborhoods that don't have anything to do can go play midnight basketball, football, softball, football, uh, different things that the police department officers actually get out and play and work with the kids. I'm so and, excited to get into all of your endeavors and what you're doing because we're again we're we're looking for the fix i've you know i I hear it i hear the frustration i feel the frustration Mm -hmm. i've gotten to the point where uh you know with a lot of my goal and social work a lot of things that have taught me is like you said there's the good there's the bad Mm -hmm. and here you are in between and you're trying to say oh my god there's going to be racist cops there's going to be bad cops there's Mm -hmm. going to be people that have power issues and narcissists and Mm -hmm. they're bullies and here they are wearing a uniform yeah but then there's the people that came in that just they do want to help community and they want to be there for people in the time of need and you know and then which a majority majority which is it. what we're having to Which try to come to. Right. We are going to talk um, in this next hour. We're going to, I think, we kind of just, we're going to touch on Roy Oliver. We got, okay. we yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody, they, nobody going to let us. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. We, so we got to talk about Roy Oliver. Mm-hmm. We must, um, <clears throat> we, because we're going to round it out with the wonderful work that you're doing now mm-hmm. uh, that you've come into. But I would like to, you know, I, I want people to get into the mind of the officer where you guys, you know, do share your stories of, you know, one of those moments mm-hmm. where you had to make a decision, you know, um, that because I want to humanize. OK, I am a person that very quickly I could look at it and be like, yep, this is all, you know, militarization of the police. <laughs> y'all are, you know, I, I want, but I want a balanced perspective because I mm-hmm. want my listeners to also come into a balanced perspective because we have to be able to heal this ourselves. Right. We right. have to, man. We're, we are not going to be able to do this if we're not willing to take on, um, you know, if we're not willing to take on the work ourselves, start with our mind, with, with thinking. That's why it's called mental speak. Right. <laughs> yes. We think, therefore we speak. But uh, we have so much more to come in the second hour. Uh, 
I, I almost want to say Officer Rick. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine, yeah. You're Officer fine. Rick and John are, yeah. you know, they're going to uh, continue us on this journey of giving us insight from the cops' perspective. And maybe we can, you know, get a little bit of understanding. We're going to touch on this Roy Oliver case and this verdict and, and, and see what they think about it. Um, so uh, we're definitely not done yet. Uh, man. Ugh. Topics, I tell you. <laughs> but we, we're, we're not done yet. Stay tuned with us, okay? You're listening to Mental Speed.
into the Mental Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. And welcome back to the second hour of the Mental Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. I'm your host, Latanya Davison, and having a just an amazing and heavy but necessary conversation today. Uh, we've we've had a pretty significant week in in America as far as and I know there's a lot of listeners around the world um, but we're having a pretty significant pretty significant conversation about uh, the recent conviction uh, this week 
of Roy Oliver in um, the shooting death of Jordan Edwards in Dallas. And so it, it needs to be addressed. And I've got uh, Rick Campbell, retired police officer, 36-year retired police officer from uh, Dallas, and retired police officer from New York, John Salerno, also host of the Mad Radio Show, the Making a Difference radio show here on the Fishbowl Radio Network, and so graciously sitting in today. I got somebody calling in. Who who this? Who's this? This will be Officer T Hop. Hey, there he is. There he is. That's my buddy right there. Hey, Terrence Hopkins. I didn't think you were gonna call. I was. I was like, (laughs) no, you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, so I apologize. No, it seems like no, you no, got no. A, a heck of a crew right now. Man, and and you're adding to uh what what say you about Well, tell people who you are. Tell people uh who you are, where you're from, what you do. Well, so I am uh originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of the Black Wall Street for those that don't know. And uh I've been here in Dallas on the Dallas Police Department. This is my 28th year. And uh, I'm a tactical planner, special event planner for Dallas Police Department, which means I plan all the large events. So if the Super Bowl comes to Dallas, the Final Four, the State Fair, the Marathon, all that stuff I plan for the city of Dallas on the police side. And um, I am currently the president of the Black Police Association. And, of course, I host a radio show called Police Talk 101. Yes, he does. Also here at the Fishbowl Radio Network. So it is, I'm, I'm really honored to have you because I know that you're a busy man, obviously, clearly. Uh, but what a significant week to be having this discussion. Um, what is this? Can you share with us? What is the sentiment in Dallas uh, concerning this recent conviction for Roy Oliver? Well, you know, of course, that depends on what side of the table you sit and or view this from. For sure. And, and of course, you know, I interviewed uh, with Robbie, CBS 11, yesterday. And, uh, you know, she commented on how many police associations wouldn't do an interview on it. So she called me up and I said, sure, I'll, I'll do an interview on it. I have no problem with it. So, you know, she asked a bunch of questions. And it, and it really just boiled down to this. It, it, you know, we have a serious job to do. All the guys on here know it. And a lot of decisions we make split second. But we're also held accountable for those decisions. Yes, sir. And if I fly, fire blindly into a car and cause the death of somebody, guess what? I just bought that and I deserve whatever I get for it. Right. Uh, because That's my right. judgment, my professional judgment shouldn't allow me to do that first of all mm-hmm. uh, because that's just something that you train for and you train to shoot not shoot not that that can cover absolutely every scenario right but again once that bullet leaves my gun i'm completely responsible for it and of course the people on the other side predominantly the uh african-american community have been seeing too many shootings like this that seem to be unjustified and, of course, they have an issue with officers continually getting off when something is so blatant as this reckless type of behavior. Well, you know, that uh, was not happening the other day in Dallas, and that, con- that murder conviction came. And uh, that's where we're at. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, you know, 
when there's so much emotion again and and you know this show the, the goal is to bring some you know some logic to our emotional responses uh so that we can you know kind of sort things out in a more objective way um i i tell people i'm like we have to remember the context of american history mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, you know, he should have got 30 years so he could serve uh, so he could serve uh, 15, because I guess with the 15, he'll only serve half. So I'm saying, when was the last time you saw a conviction uh, of this magnitude? I'm like, it's baby steps with the history of America. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree that we're kind of looking for that, which maybe we're not even even the justice system isn't ready for, I don't think. I don't know. Well, you know, if I can just chime in on this. Yeah. Um, and this is where I see where we've made steps. Because um, this conviction came out of the video. Okay, that's where this conviction came out of, the video. Yeah. Yeah. All I right? think there was the discrepancy. Showed there was yeah. a discrepancy in what the Statements. officer was saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Five years ago, if this happened, would that officer still be convicted? No. He wouldn't have been. You know why? Yeah. Because his statements would have been held true without the video. Without the video evidence. Yeah. I. So yeah. Are we making strides in the police department? Yes. 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 Oh, oh, are we going to now start holding officers accountable for their actions like they should be? Yes. Yes. Because sixties, seventies, eighties, what you said was law. You know, and and Gary said it the best last week during the show was, it's my word against his, and who are they going to believe? Yes. I, I, my other uh, master's is in social psychology. We had to learn about police accounts. I had a, had a course on uh, sociology of crime, and we learned about how police accounts were constructed amongst police officers to be able to tell hey this is what happened Mm -hmm. this is where your gun was Mm -hmm. this is where he was this is you know and this is what we're going to tell on our report Mm -hmm. so it sounds like and and terrence i want you to chime in you guys are it, it sounds like you guys are becoming more accountable within your Police force, yes. I mean, is that what it's going to take? Well, and that's what on the that bo- side. Yes. Yeah, and that's what the. Bo- and then Terrence will tell you this too. We we've made a lot of arrests, and you know we're accountable for each other too. And we don't want to yes. do anything that's going to jeopardize our job or our safety. And we've made tons of arrests. And then officers have to remember you have to think about that. Yeah. So it's also a process involving the officers. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not so much that the officer is lying. Every time, because he's not. No. Okay. It's it's the way they're presenting the facts or articulating the facts. Oh, well, we got to be real about self preservation. Mm-hmm. If okay. I'm involved in something and I know it could potentially put me away, and this is what I'm saying, I want us to just start getting real and honest about how people have approached, even on the police officer mm-hmm. side, because I think we have a tendency to think because this person took a, a oath that they're all good. Look, I was in the Navy. I know. Cops aren't robots. Doing oh, what no. you do. Right? Well, cops aren't robots. So, no. I, so, and that's all we're asking for, I think, is that honesty and that accountability. But the transparency. I'm, I'm being, I'm going to understand a human side. If I made a mistake, and I want to preserve myself, and I could potentially be put away from my family. Mm-hmm. What, what would I do? I'm just, just like, saying. Just 
being what, real, John. I'm being real. Come on. The same thing the community is going to do. Self-preservation. Self-preservation. Yes. Now, okay, I go look for a homicide suspect, right? Shooting, broad daylight. Yeah. 30 people on the street. Guess what? No one saw a thing. No one saw a thing. Right? So it, it, it folds both ways. Terrence, what what do you see that where the community could uh what 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 is our responsibility in 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 all of this uh oh well yeah. i mean if you're just talking about a citizen uh, you know of course your your position in in a, in an interaction with law enforcement is to cooperate first and foremost so when we look at a lot of these I mean, everybody's focusing now on the bad officer, right? Yes. And it's, it's real funny because when, when, when Robbie interviewed me the other day, she said, so, so Terrence, what, what can we do about these bad officers? And I said, Robbie, careful what you say because are we label, labeling him a bad officer because he's been bad his entire career? Or check this out. If I, Terrence Hopkins, have had a stellar career all 28 years, right? Right. Great officer. No problem, no internal affairs, no complaints. But I make the wrong decision in that split-second decision and kill somebody, uh, and it's unwarranted. Now you call me a bad officer. So was Mm -hmm. I a bad officer, or did I make a bad decision? Good point. There you go. That hit hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, Hop. Yeah. Wow. No no problem. So so there is a difference. So, again... So you're going to label me, you're going to call me a bad officer simply because I made a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a bad o- officer, actually. Now, there was some, both sides of the deal on, on this o- officer. You had people testify that he was a great guy. People testified he wasn't a great guy. I mean, that is what it is as far as, you know, either side of that deal. But still, the decision is a decision to pull that trigger, and it could, and it could happen to me tonight. And if I, I've had a stellar career. I've got a good reputation. But, again, if that happens to me tonight, now I'm considered a bad officer, and that's not true. Right. So it sounds like we have to start changing even the language that we use, the, the labels that we apply uh, so that again, for perspective, because language shapes exactly how right. we see, which is why the media can be so dangerous. That's why in this. And that's always been my pet peeve. I haven't yep. been a big fan of them because of that. You know, they don't report all of the facts. Right. And can't yep. and can't by virtue of yep. the nature of of what uh, the, the, the television is a one way. Mm-hmm. It's a one way conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, right. right. And it depends on what station and as you listen John to. John and I have said, yeah. d- depending on what if you're listening to Fox, if you'll listen to Fox, it's going to go one way. If you'll listen to CNN, it's going to go another way. And then if you you know reading the Village Voice, it's going to go another way. Everybody, every news organization is going to have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So that really divides the communities that divides society because no one knows what to believe. Right. Yeah. Right. So now you got to pick twelve jurors, right? That are unbiased. Yeah. You know, so where do you get that pool from anymore? You can't. You can't. You and, can't. And like we said earlier, and Hop alluded to it, you know, you could be the best officer, but yet that split-second decision, you make, you, you decide to do that, now they're going to label you a bad cop when that's not exactly the case. Well, let's go back, and I don't mean to cut Hop off at all, but going back to that story with me on the roof. Yeah. Okay? Perspective. Mm-hmm. 
It's all about where you're at. And you said it. If, I, if they were on the ground mm-hmm. looking up, they could see one thing. And if they're you know, up above you, right next an- to you, they, they saw, saw another, another thing. thing. So, so it's, it's, it comes down to perspective. Um, uh, uh, Terrence, I wanted to kind of, you, you threw out the word to cooperate. We hear comply, right? We hear the word comply all the time. I say that all the time. What does it mean to cooperate with the police in this era of policing? <laughs> You know, I, I <laughs> so have, we know. I have to, I have to teach young guys, and I, and I want to make sure young guys, especially young black guys, make it home. That just I can stop right there. Just make it home. Right. So with that being said, I don't need you to do anything to cause that situation to escalate, to get out of control, whatever that whatever that is, whatever that looks like. Too many times now I see the young black male uh, already agitated, already upset, mad, whatever. And that causes a situation in itself. Uh, The officer is supposed to maintain a certain level of control, his self, his attitude. But, again, we're human as well. Right. So Mm -hmm. when you get that and you got two, let's just say, Type A personality, I'm the man, you're the man, I'm the boss, all that crap, whatever that is, you can't disrespect me. It, it just escalates the situation even further. Right. And now it turns into an arrest. But something as simple, and I'm, I'm going to illustrate this because I say it all the time, something as simple as cursing in public to lead to shooting somebody. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you say, how, how can that happen? Mm-hmm. All right? And, and one, of it, one part of it is you don't know the law. All right, and I do. All right, probably more than you. And and I'm, I'm gonna paint this scenario for you. We're out in front of a grocery store in a public place, and and I'm a law enforcement officer, and this kid just starts rattling off MF, all this stuff, right? So I go over this kid, or this young male. Hey, you need to stop that. You can't tell me nothing. All right, you're under arrest. You can't arrest me. So now, as soon as I go to arrest you, you're pulling away from me because you don't think I can arrest you because you got the freedom of speech, right? Well, actually, you don't. It's disorderly conduct when you use profanity in public. That law still stands. And so since you don't know that, you think I'm illegally arresting you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you fight back now. So now that you fight a law enforcement officer, I'm going to escalate my force. Mm-hmm. Now that you look, you know, whatever that goes to, you go in your pants, you're trying to get my gun. That can go to a shooting from zero to 100 real quick. Yep. Yep. Simply because that, that miscommunication mm-hmm. and or lack of knowledge. So in that case, if you simply comply, all right, you, okay, I'll start my apologies. Appreciate it. I'm out of here. Whatever that looks like, too often now, we're too mad. We're too, you can't tell me nothing. But that goes back to just respect in general. Right. I take police out of it all the time. Look how kids disrespect teachers. Oh, Look yeah. how they disrespect their parents. Look how they disrespect elderly. Yeah. They disrespect all day long. Mm-hmm. When I walk in a grocery store shopping and I hear that the two workers there MFing each other, and I'm like, what the? Right. So <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it don't even have to be the police. So now you see kind of what we're up to because you see that disrespect almost everywhere you go. The word so th- there it is. Understand respect. that there is authority, but there's for some reason there's just nobody's teaching. Our I'm not going to say nobody. A lot of folks out here are not teaching their kids to respect authority, That's and authority goes further than just police. It yeah. is your parents. 
It's the teacher. It's your grandparents. It's the adults across the street. Mm-hmm. You respect those, those authoritative figures, no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I teach the kids at the, uh, I've, I've been the adolescent boys therapist uh, psychiatric facility. You know what I teach them? I say, if you don't want authority outside of you, Mm-hmm. Be the authority inside of you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, be be if you 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 internalize what the best outcome that you want is, and you know what it takes to get it. You know what you don't like. You know what you like. You be your own authority then, mm-hmm. and then no one ever has to tell you anything. That's right. And I maybe that's a big part of it. I again, I say all this. You know, anybody listening, I'm saying this in the context of American history because it is a whole different (laughs) it's just we have to remember that and it is black and white Mm -hmm. it is largely black and white that we're trying to heal from Mm -hmm. and it's so complex i wish it was as simple as um Mm -hmm. you know just let's just do what we got to do and let's just comply and you know you know like getting on what terrence was saying too about complying Mm -hmm. you're taught as an officer in, in the police academy if you're off duty and you get pulled over by a uniform officer. The uniform officer has control. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. they tell us. So you they, would have to submit to. You have yeah. to submit to them, right? Yeah. Okay, wow. and so many times it has happened out on a street where they the the egos get involved with the two cops. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the off duty doesn't understand. And you know you got to remember the uniform patrol officer has the ultimate authority, no matter if you're a cop or a civilian. Yeah. He is the one making the decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay? You yeah. may not agree with those decisions. And you know what? The street is not the place to come up with the final decision. That's right. You don't hold court on the street. You don't hold court on the street. If you do have an issue, okay, you don't want to give your ID, but you reluctantly do, and after a little argument, you don't like that, take it to the precinct. Write a letter. Bring 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 it. But once it once something starts happening on the street. Once that ball starts rolling, it's very difficult to stop. It's difficult it. to throttle it back. So, yeah, it is. So it you got. So you guys. Right. Are, yeah. So you guys are basically recommending as a as a community. Mm-hmm. It, it, we have to start to really look inside ourselves. It's not a moment to battle this authority. It, it is an ego issue, right? right. Isn't it well, an ego issue well, all th- around? Three v- three <laughs> recent videos popped out. Two from New York and mm-hmm. one from Baltimore. Okay, where cops were called one. To the scene of uh, domestic violence turned out to be they were unfounded, but the cops were ridiculed so bad mm-hmm. by these teenagers in the hallways. Get the f out of my building, pig! This that, and the other thing. Right. I mean, I mean, they had to have tough skin because mm-hmm. you know they they didn't retaliate back. And there was another one out on the street in Times Square, but on Baltimore, in Baltimore, was a different situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, a guy started talking back to the cop. Now that cop didn't have his tough skin. As maybe another cop, mm-hmm. and he brutally beat. Yeah, yeah. he brutally he lost beat his this. composure. He lost right. his composure and brutally yeah. beat him. Yeah. Now, w- how far was he taken? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There, there, there's. You know. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. This is a perfect segue into what really brought uh, Rick Campbell here and Terrence you as well. What are we doing? to get to our foundation which is going to be the kids mm-hmm. i really believe in, in in you obviously it's the kids right the kids. <laughs> so what are we doing and this is particular to dallas 
And, I, I, yeah. and Hop, you jump in any time. Please do. I, I, How long do we have you, Terrence? Um, I can finish out. Perfect. Okay. Uh, the, Dallas, the Dallas Police Department, for the last five or six years, maybe even longer, has had the best community engagement program in the country. And this was acknowledged by President Obama when he was in office. And uh, I think Hop can speak on that. We do a lot of community engagement stuff. We have Chief on the Beats. Mm. Pal had a function uh, a month ago where they brought 1,500 children to Fair Park, gave them a, a tour through the museums, fed them lunch, and bought them Nike tennis shoes. Wow. So in saying that, we do a lot of things that probably parents should be doing because, you know, this is – when you have a child, you, yeah. have, to, right. you have to do that. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. So I say that to say this, community engagement is where every department needs it because we have to change this mindset that there's, you know, let's attack these officers. There's a war on the police, and this should never be. It, that shouldn't them. even be a consideration. Yeah. So, and before any of these shootings have happened, we've been doing what our program for the last seven years, long before any of these shootings happened. Wow. So uh, I say that on the media side. Everybody wants to report a lot of the negative stuff and then keep it going. Well, what about all the great things that a lot of officers are doing or, right. or single parents or nurses or civilians that come out on these community events and feed kids? That's not news, though. It, it, right. Like, like you, you look at a Jerry Springer special, man. Jerry Springer would be nowhere without the drama. Right. 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 So right. the news media is doing the same thing. It's all about the ratings. The right. Sensationalism. Sensational, so sensationalizing it. I have a quick, and this is a quick question coming in. Can police really, this Cartes Ross, he's a, a friend out of, Georgia, okay. can police really change kids' mindset over a long period of time? That was a question that I had mm -hmm. about dressing as the superheroes mm -hmm. because the only issue that I took with it was are we presenting something that won't be so if I'm, I'm your hero now. We all went right. through officer friendly, right? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> now, down the line, I'm not going to be so friendly right. if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And okay. I'm, gl I'm glad you said that. Yes. Because, uh, and I, I say this to a lot of folks. A lot of folks think all we do is just dress up in costume and take pictures with kids. But when you look at the mission statement and our program and the places we've gone and I always tell folks, research us, because we, we go to schools right now, and we've been doing this for seven years. We teach a PowerPoint called the Hero Challenge. Well, in that PowerPoint, there's a contract. A and B average, good attendance, obeying the teacher, doing your chores at home, uh, going to your place of worship on Sunday, because you can't, you know, with church and state, you don't want to say, right. you need to go to this Baptist church, right, right, right. which you should be able to talk about Jesus anywhere. But we even sneak that in. Now, in saying that, you got to give a kid something to work for, and you got to give him a positive image. Well, most young children are real easy to influence if you get them at a young age. That's why we target the youth, right. the younger kids. And we get them involved in this program with the officers and the superheroes, and we make them work for that. And when they do, we come back and we reward them. You know, certificates, autograph right. sessions, photo sessions, uh We've gone as far as going to churches and even spoke to adults about, hey, you know, the Bible says, you know, Proverbs 22, 6, train a child in the way that he should go so when he gets old he doesn't depart from it. Because before little Johnny became a, uh, a rapist or a drug dealer, he was a child. 
Wow. Well, we got to think, where were the parents? Yeah. So we got to start focusing and getting them involved and getting them to do what they need to do. So it sounds like there's character development. There is there is a pursuit of character development within this, not just right. at some point we just become your your nemesis on the street. Right, 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 yeah. right. And we tell them this. I'm hoping people hear that, that you know, because people are going to want to know, like, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like there is, again, almost like, what, what did we say in the first hour that people expect too much of you right. and you're doing extra on top of the law enforcement but I, I'm, right. I'm, if you don't mind me yeah, inject, I'm going to flip and what, Terrence anytime yeah, I'm going to yeah. flip what you just said for a second and I try to answer uh, Curtis, Ro- Mr. Curtis. Ross's question uh-huh. okay did you right. see this one? I, well, I'm, I want to I okay. answer Ross's. Um, can police really change the mindset over a long period of time? Heroes, cops, and kids is trying to do that. Okay, so there's a two way street. Okay, the cops are reaching out and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But all it takes, and now cops have to step up. Mm. Every cop has to step up because all it takes is one bad cop to paint the brush and change the mindset of that child. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there are plenty of cops out there that are doing well, mm-hmm. doing good for the community, but and you could change a kid's mindset, but all he has to have is one bad interaction, mm-hmm. and that's going to push him back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have 750,000 law enforcement officers, okay? We have to be our brother's keeper, mm-hmm. okay? We have to watch out for each other, and we have to make sure that we do not tarnish that shield. We don't tarnish the respect that other offices are working so hard to that's right. achieve that's right in that's the community right. that's right so that's where that's got to start you're right you know that's that's what has to take place exactly I, right and i i hear that and and again like i said i almost feel like i'm kind of like the voice of the people right <laughs> so and then on the flip side i i'm tr- and i'm trying to reiterate all that has come out so you know discretion in the police force where there's a balance between yes i'm a law enforcer but i'm also you know i'm not here to cause chaos i'm not here to try to you know uh project my issues and my ego onto the community i'm here to make sure things run smoothly on the community side uh maybe have a little more understanding and Mm kind of know that your job is not easy you got split second decisions to make and the most important thing, have folks, once again, parents, get involved. Come out to the chief on the beats. Come out to these functions at parents the police departments. Participate. Yeah, participation. So you can ask questions about the law. Maybe have uh, an officer come out and address your church. We do that. You know, we have a, we have a PowerPoint now. It has 10 uh, scenario questions, what, what to do when an officer stops you. And the young people need this. Yeah. You know, don't be sticking your hands in your pockets and blasting and loud music listen to the officer's commands yes and the main word compliance i swear you got to have listen to me and terrence terrence i want you to speak to this as i say this that is oh i and i'm i'm a rebel of all rebels but i also respect you know Mm -hmm. but it feels still like slave catching to me it just does it just does compliance no having Uh, to be stopped and i you hear me compliance that word bothers you? No, not well. Yeah, kind of. And I'll break. I'll break it down. Break for it you. down for me. Okay. But the the whole the things that you need to do when a police officer comes up to you, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm my, I've seen these situations where it's the person is just minding their business, and 
someone coming to me because there is a suspicion that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, that therein lies the problem, I guess. It, you know, and it, that's where it gets murky. Does that make sense? It's a gray I, I just area. Make sure. Are, are you saying when, when you're just doing something you're doing and an officer comes and starts questioning you, that's a problem for you, correct? Yeah. I'm going to say at the, at the most minimal. At the most minimum, okay. I'm doing nothing. And I watched the video, okay, for all sense of purposes, just for an example. But the one where the lady mm-hmm. gets pulled over and she's suspected of, of drunk driving, mm-hmm. she urinates on herself. And the police officer just keeps escalating and escalating. She ends up getting sprayed. She ends up getting, um, I mean, handled pretty roughly. Mm-hmm. And so, again, my point, it, it just feels automatically there's already a power gradient. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, I, I, I can't comment on the video because yeah. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen I it. won't go there. No problem. But... You know, I mean, you can you can compliance cooperate. What it, what let's go with cooperate. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's go with cooperate. Yeah, right, right, let's go with cooperate. Right, right, Just right. sounds better. Okay. So we're we're charged with a duty, and that is to police humanity. And again, because of a few bad apples, we're painted with a broad brush mm-hmm. that we. We don't have a right to talk to you. You're messing with us. It's all there. There's that broad brush. When a lot of times, if you're going to police communities, right, you get you get us now, we're so antsy. You know, why is he coming to talk to me? I don't have to answer your questions, blah, 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 right? So if you're living in your house, you love your house, and there's a guy down the street that's been acting suspicious, Somebody calls the police. Yep. That guy's been wandering around. We don't recognize him. He looked in somebody's yard, mm-hmm. blah, blah, So now we got to come out and start talking to you, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That person is you. Yes. So now mm-hmm. you, you're saying, I've not done anything. Why are you coming to talk to me? Mm-hmm. You can't talk to is. me. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I can. I got a call directly at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are, my, you are the subject of my investigation at mm-hmm. this point. There it is. So, yes, I'm going to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on the flip side, you're feeling you're, you're messing with me. And on the other side, I'm doing the job I was called to do. I got they you. Know, they don't know the backstory. Here, here this comes in. No one complains right. over good policing. Folk are complaining about profiling, white supremacy, deaths with no accountability over policing. That's the problem. And I, that's, I, yeah. I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah come people, on. People do complain bad. People do complain about good policing. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah they okay. do. Yeah. I'll hey, give you an example we're, we're, of that. We're working neighborhoods yeah. and communities and things like that. And, okay. and people want us to get the dope dealers off. They want us to get the suspicious people off, the burglars, whoever that is. We go and talk to those people. Right. right? We might use the same term. We're going to jack these people up because they're, they're doing X, Y, and Z. So we go and interview, start talking to, start probing, because that's how you get to who somebody is. Mm-hmm. All right? what they got going on. The very person that you don't want me to bother, it could be wanted for rape or robbery of the girl around the corner. Wow. But he's he's throwing his arms up. Oh, he's just messing with me, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people don't like us to dig deep because of what we find out. Right. Right. So here we are doing the duty that we're supposed to do. Now, granted, I don't accept it when it's wrong. Yeah, when it goes wrong. But yeah, we have the right to talk to people, to interview people. Now, there's totally... Absolutely nothing. I wasn't called there on you. You haven't done anything wrong. Okay, let's take that scenario. I can still come talk to you. You don't. Have, you don't have to answer me, yeah. but I can come talk to anybody. Got it. All right. Got it. 
Now, if I if I end up legally detaining you, now we go into a whole different realm of what I can and cannot do. But yeah, I can go talk to anybody, and if you haven't done anything, no, you don't have to say anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and this, yeah. Long. and but this is where this my investigation, and I am investigating. Let's just say I am investigating a crime in which you could possibly be a suspect because of some information I got. Then I'm going to legally detain you at right. that point in time, right? Until I get the things right to whether I can say this is the person or this is not the person. Yeah, but right. because sometimes we're acting so ignorant, I can't even get there because the thing has escalated to something it just didn't need to go to. Yeah, come on. And that's why I was, and I love. I got to use my term "comply" because, and I'll, I'll give some examples. Uh, a lot of times, and I, I explain this to my sister. This is an example. Two gentlemen behind a CVS store at 2 in the morning. Well, is is that reasonable behavior among everybody? No. Nah. Now, somebody could be drunk and stagger back yeah. there. But what if you got burglaries in that area that we right. know about and we approach you? Now, to the layman, they're just jacking with somebody. Well, right. that's not true. If right. you got burglaries in that area, then he has right. probable cause to come up to you and find out what you're doing there. What's your name? Take your hands out of your pockets. This job is a lot different than... Most jobs, like teaching or driving a taxi, because most officers that are assaulted or killed are killed by suspects with weapons in their hands. So a lot of times we'll walk up on folks and they'll have their hands in their pocket, maybe innocent, maybe cold. So an officer, first thing you're going to tell you, take your hands out of your pocket. Well, depending on how he says that, that's just part of that job because that's yeah. officer safety. Yeah. But a lot of people view that, oh, he's, he's being <laughs> aggressive with me, he's being rough with me. Right. It's not that. They have to do what keeps them safe, and that's part of the training. So pr- having probable cause, first of all, most most officers, that's when they're going to approach you. They're either going to have a call on you or they're going to see something that's not right, and they have to go investigate. And that's what you want because that's how you get drug dealers off the street. Mm-hmm. That's how you get the murderers, the burglars. Oh. Yeah. You know, Johnny who lives on your block that's breaking in everybody's house when people go to work. But that's how you do that. And I always tell folks, and people say, well, they're profiling me. They're doing this or that. Well, hmm. I'll bring up a story about profiling. Yeah, in this job, you have to contact folks. And yeah. You have to ask certain questions. And an officer is going to do that one or two ways. He, he's either going to get a call or he's going to own view something that he believes is happening, and he's going to take it from that, from that perspective. Because that's his job. Because that's his job. Here's that's his job. Here's what's emerged from me. And I and I believe where it's in the community is you have police officers who, um, yeah, Cartes says, yeah, hell, I profile jokers all the time. <laughs> let me let me go. Social psychology. Oh, Human yeah. beings observe and categorize right. immediately. Right. We are wired to see and categorize. Right. So even if I'm walking down the street. This is why I said we have to be able to check our biases because we all do it. Right. We do it without even thinking about it. It's subconscious at this point. And so you guys are constantly having to consciously go back and forth between the right. subconscious and the conscious. Like, okay, let me not prof- profile this person, but I need to profile this person. But, <laughs> but, right? here, but, 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 right. but profiling. Yeah. And, and then for safety reasons. Right. Yeah. Well, profiling. Okay. I was a white cop in an all-black neighborhood. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? You know who I profiled? <laughs> Black people. No, I profiled no. every That's white guy that drove into the neighborhood. Oh, so but I'm saying, you know how what? did you profile between Black people though? No, since it, it was just well, you with all Black people. 
It wasn't profiling. I didn't profile it. What do mm-hmm. we call that? Okay. Observing? Observation skills. Observation, Observation skills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here. Here. Yeah. You know, I could tell. That's you know, good Wait, wait. Point. You know what? Yeah. I go into a, rob- a robbery-prone area, and if I, I could tell if you're carrying a gun. Okay? By the yeah. way you step off a curb or the way you walk down a set of stairs. I could tell. All right, that if you have a weapon on you, mm-hmm. I can tell by your walk. Deep, I can tell John. by the way you walk. Oh, yeah. Well, those are observation skills. Because he didn't They're, have any. Think about it. You didn't have right. anybody to contrast it with, but black people. So right. really, you probably had the most accurate observation of what someone right. was doing. Because right. it's right. not like you could be like, "Oh, this is a black guy doing something," and right. you see what I'm right. saying? Right. Well, that's and that, but g- getting yeah. into the beginning of what I said, you have to know your community too. Right. Right. Okay. You have to know the people in your community. As a white cop in a black neighborhood, I had to know these people. I had to. Right. I had to. You know, change my culture from suburban, from lily white suburban You're Long Island to, to to the crime ridden streets of Brooklyn. Right. Okay. Where I found out now before I became a cop, East New York was the most horrible place in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I profile well not in profile but I painted that same brush that everybody else paints the cops with. Oh, they're all criminals. Everybody in that neighborhood's a criminal. Mm-hmm. And then I when I got there and I started talking to people, I found all probably only five percent were criminals. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. The projects when you look at the projects, the PJs in Brooklyn. Okay. There are there are a lot of good families that live oh, there. Well, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Everybody in the projects are welfare recipient people that are. Down, drug dealing, right? Yeah, right. That look yeah. in, but you know what? Walk into those projects, meet those people. Mm-hmm. Okay, not every one of them's bad. Wow. So right. perspective, perspective. Yeah, it's perspective. Not it's every perspective. some people. You know, front, and I'll just give a quick story. I don't want to. And I probably was like this with my father. My father worked for Grand Union. Okay, and when I was about seven years old, he took me shot. He took me to work with him. Like bring your Kid to work day, probably my mother didn't want me in the house, but <laughs> but I went I went to I went to work with him, and it was this lady stealing food, stealing fruit, putting them in her putting in her bag, you know, and I as a kid I'm like wow that's shoplifting, so I ran up to my dad and I said, hey pop, that lady's putting apples in her purse, you should you know should call the cops. He goes, no, he goes, she's not shoplifting, she's hungry. Perspective. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's hungry. Right. Let's, Come on, I'd like to comment yeah. on that profiling because he, he was dead on what he was trying to describe to you mm-hmm. is that he worked a black neighborhood and when he saw white people, he profiled them because right. of what that neighborhood was. What are you doing in this neighborhood? Uh, yeah. You don't belong in this neighborhood. There's two reasons you're in this neighborhood to buy drugs or to pick up a prostitute. There you go. So now, and me and Rick will tell you. We grew up, uh, not grew up, but as in young police officers, Rick had more time on than me, but we worked West Dallas, yep. right? Yep. We worked some pretty drug-ridden uh, <laughs> neighborhoods, mm-hmm. predominantly black area, yep. uh, black and Hispanic poor. And when we saw a white person come in, we automatically knew we were going to make a dope arrest. Yep. Cause they come because in that person was the outsider. Mm-hmm. They were obvious, and the only time white people came there, pretty much, was to buy dope from the black. Right. No, you you could guarantee that if you did a traffic stop on that car, and I'm not talking about an illegal traffic stop, I'm talking about a justified legal traffic stop, you were going to end up making a dope arrest. And we did. So the profiling 
we've abused that word. You okay. have to profile. You have right. to. You as, an, you as a teacher have to profile certain students. It's true. Uh, myself, dealing with uh, the public safety of large events, I have to profile what a, a, a potential terrorist may look like. Uh, right. there is yep. there is an abuse of profile, then there's a correct profile. I agree. Okay? Yeah. So so we have to that word can be used in a good and a bad way, but we use it regardless as humans. Right. That's because so the media right. so is right. Terrence. The media sensationalized yeah. that right. sensationalized right. that because if you remember back in nineteen eighty six, right, they they sensationalized the world the word wilding. They got that wilding out. A bunch mm-hmm. of kids hanging out, right. causing problems, mm-hmm. causing crime. Mm-hmm. No, it was some, some ki- you know, and then it was everybody's wilding. Everybody's wilding. No, that kid's having a good time. Yeah. Were some committing crimes? Yeah. yeah. But they, they, they pressure stamped that word. Like profile. And here's another yeah. reason why you need to be diligent and do that. You can call it profiling or whatever. One of the latest school shootings, the suspect came in with a coat on, an overcoat, because mm-hmm. he yeah. had a rifle underneath right. it. Well, that's kind of strange. A hundred degree day. Yeah. A guy wearing an overcoat. You got a profile. I got a that. profile. You, you got to watch to see something's wrong there. That, yes. You know. So you yep. when you when you think about things like that, if you can interact and confront that, you may save a lot of lives. And now again, this is why I do this show because so much emerges, and this is why another reason with this topic, there's got to be one, two, three, four, five. This is a on. This got to be ongoing conversation that I want to have. Terrence, we have to get you in in studio <laughs> when we can. But it, it, you, you, by virtue of your job, even me as a social worker, mm-hmm. I, I, pro, I categorize. Well, we use the word categorize. Right. I have to categorize. I believe that what is emerging is there are police officers committed to doing what they need to do within the context of the law, doing it the, the right quote, way. best way they, they can. can. Right, right. Right, the most, um, because you're human. Right. So you're going to do it the best way well, you, you can, can as a human being. Right. And we, we need to weed out those, and this was mentioned in the comment section, now it comes down to are police officers ready to address those who they see not doing right? Is there going to be room, and this is going to have to be for another show, but is there going to be room for police officers and police forces to open up for people to report when they don't see, you know, people doing what they're supposed to do? Uphill battle? Well, you want the truth? Come on, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, Terrence. It, it, yeah. Well, 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 I'm going to tell you, Come on. that's been going on, that's, but it, 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 it's happened. It's just an internal thing. People always say, well, you never hear an officer uh, tell something that an officer, another officer did something bad or something like that or, okay. or abused somebody. Officers have done that for a long time. They do it. There's an internal investigation, and that officer gets whatever he gets, suspended, whatever, documented counseling, whatever that is. Got it. It's just, it don't hit papers. It's not broadcast out. There's okay. no channels for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of times when they think we don't ever say something, yes, yeah, some things have been said. Some officers have told on other officers and got those officers in trouble. Oh, yeah. That, okay. that actually oh, yeah. takes place. So There's you guys no have room out. for it. Oh, yeah, got that it, takes place. Got yeah. it, and it does yeah. take place. Hey, I just wanted to throw out here, because we started wrapping up, comply. The the definition <laughs> of comply. <laughs> this is really bothering you, huh? <laughs> no. I could be, look, but I'm willing to learn and shift my 
paradigm it is to act in accordance with a wish right. or a command right so to to comply with someone to abide by to mm-hmm. conform to right. to follow to respect so we can maybe respect the request of the officers when they need to do their job can we cooperate with them in doing the work that they need to do because part of their job is to categorize people so they can get to the bottom of an issue mm-hmm. uh, that they've been called in for. Uh, then I also remind myself that when I when I need some help, I'm going to call the police. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's it, – isn't it – Let me, it, tell, you, let me yeah. tell you something. Come on, Terrence. Most officers, most officers will make this statement. Hey, man, the sooner you cooperate, the sooner we can get out of here and be done with this. Right. Because y'all right. want to yep. go home. Yep. Y'all want to get. Yeah. Y'all want to get on. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something. We are. We don't want to do paperwork. <laughs> we don't want to be. And I'm, I'm. And I'm not saying everybody's lazy. I'm just saying. Yeah. All that stuff is is work intensive. It's all that. If we can make a situation be, hey, you good, you good, okay, shake hands, we're out of here. Everybody we good. Want that to happen. Okay. But when you don't cooperate and you like, and then you buck up and you want to go the whole op- opposite way. Yeah, you're going to cause other problems. Yeah, and, okay. and it, we tell people all the time, don't make me put you in jail. Please don't. You know what <laughs> we do. We yeah, do. yeah. Am I lying, guys? Not no, at all. You're not, not, no, you're right. Because it's not your first thought. No, it's, it's not, not your first thought. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's not. Here's the thing. Not at all. So as we're winding down, God, these shows go so fast. And especially when it's a topic like this, it just flies by. Um, so what I want to say is I know I feel like John, and I think you would agree. I feel like I have to revisit the, the mental health. I, I need to revisit yes. the mental health personality disorder issues that are possibly with it, because I, I can see the two groups and I hope the listeners can. There's those that want to do right within their community that feel very much a part of the community and the mm-hmm. society in which they're they're operating in, and there's those who maybe can't. Well, yeah. what, what I would suggest instead of getting into the mental health issue, yeah, okay, because you don't you you know you don't want to end up dissecting. You'll spend months and months dissecting the brains of law enforcement. No, it's pretty what, quick. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're on you're on a very good path here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, you're yeah, on yeah. a very good yes. path here. I would stay forward and rolling and what my suggestion is is that I would bring in members of the community. Okay. Uh for the next segment. Yeah. Um and I mean me and Rick and I'm sure Terrence would be more than happy oh, to yes. come in and yeah. also yeah. answer any but, questions yes. right but this this right but this has to be pushed out and if you don't mind me just giving a quick plug yes that's because, what i'm going to do for sure uh, operation blue shield Ter- uh tony brinker and terrence you know her right yes you deal with her a lot <laughs> yeah, opera- yeah, been yeah operation blue shield we're all in yes okay they are an organization that uh, Tony Brinker has developed, and she's making great strides in bringing the community and policing together. Yes. And uh, she's doing it on a non-political basis. She, you know, she doesn't care what affiliation, Democrat, Republican. It, it's, yeah. it's all neutral party. And right. And it's about and people. Trust and unity yep. in our communities yeah. and our nation. So she's hitting needs. such... Such good strides on this, yes. where you know kids shouldn't be doing their homework laying on the, on the floor, right? Because they're scared of the drive-by shooting, right? Okay, yeah. so you know, yes, uh, check out the website Operation Blue Shields. Um, take the I'm all in challenge, man. It, it's a 
it's about community and it's about police. Yes, it. and if you have any questions, please feel free go to that website, Operation Blue Shield, Heroes, Cops, and Kids. Heroes, Cops, and Kids. We are uh, we are a team together, and uh, we're going to try to make a difference. And I everything we do. It's not cost effective, so the parents can bring their children out. Yeah, it's for, it's free, yep. yes. and we burden the we burden the cost of that. Yes, Terrence, tell them tell them about yeah. police talk. Yeah, come on. John, John didn't do he didn't do Tony enough justice. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I'm only gonna say this: you know who she is, right? Yes. Right? Yes. So this is this is T Boone Pickens' ex-wife, right? Yes. Yep. So we're talking basically. A billionaire. Yes. Oh wow! Right. This yeah. Every Fridays, every everything. Who, who who doesn't see the colors? Right. Who wants to make both sides work. I tell her all the time. I said, Tony, you're the kind of woman that should be on your own island, sipping a drink with an umbrella in it, and mm. could care less about this crap. Yeah. yeah this yeah. woman is one hundred percent in at that level of yes. wealth. Who cares about the common man? Right. Oh, she she sure does. She's awesome, man. And now, like I said, yeah. we're a team together. And she's we're going to San Angelo with her on September yep. the 15th to try to make a difference there. So well, tell her she need to come on yeah. and mental speak so we can holler at her. That that would be amazing because I'll, I'll, I'll give you a I'm committed to this. Like I feel I feel compelled to be a part of this and to bring this yeah. here, Mike, like Mike Piazza, he's a, he's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's an old cop. He's an old. He's, 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 uh, he's my one of my oh, old partners, man. man, Michael. Yeah, that's right. He's just in the neighborhood to buy a bag of chips full of crack. Listen, you, you, right, you gentlemen, and and your commitment to the. I felt it. I felt the commitment. I feel the. Um, I just. I feel the sincerity of it, and I hope that our listeners feel the sincerity of this today. This isn't it. It's going to be part till whenever, till this is done, okay? Right. Terrence, tell them when Police Talk is on. Okay, so Police Talk 101 yes. is every Tuesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the Blue Stream on, of course, Fishbowl Radio Network. So. Yeah. We're doing a lot of great things. We, you know, we just, we ask that people call in, ask whatever questions you want to ask of myself, law enforcement, whatever guests I have on. This past week, we had some attorneys on. One was a, a prior DA. So we, of course, we talked about the shooting case. Sure. But of course, we bring people in from all different walks. It, but it's, it's for the community. It's bridging a gap. I mean, right. there's just so much. A lot of times, communities just don't know. Uh, let's say we have people on that, that taught you how to buy a house a week before that, you know, how to qualify for certain things, what real estate is versus renting. I mean, just whatever we can do to help the community, right? Mm -hmm. And John, our side is we're extending that hand. Yes. But the other side of that is you have to extend your hand yes. and want to make something happen. Yes. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. That's correct. I like it. And, yeah. and, and, and that's to the listeners. Come on, it's we, we we're a part of this too. John, Mad Radio, making a difference. Radio, yeah, Mad Radio, making every Wednesday between five and seven. We're we're on the same page with uh, police talk and mental speak. We want to make a difference. We bring in non for profits. We bring in first responders, military. We want to bring unity together in, in in the communities, and that's what it's all about: bridging a gap mm -hmm. with police talk. Okay, it's all the same thing. We need we need to bring ourselves back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And to have safe communities, yeah, safe. We, we yeah. do not need 
needless killings out on the street anymore. And yes. we need to we need to bring God back in the homes. Right. You know, I'm going to interject something that a lot of people may not want to hear, but you know, we have to have something to believe in. Get it? Something be that's faith. morality. We got to be faith based. Foundation. We got to have a foundation for these children, foundation. and that's where it starts at home, and then your heart, and then the church. Yes, sir. Yep. And listen, mental speak again. Bringing balance to our society, bringing balance within ourselves, mentally, emotionally. Listeners, you're amazing. Reach out to me, LT at mentalspeakradio.com. So grateful for you. Um, this isn't over. The conversation's not done. Hit me up. Any questions, any concerns? We're going to get to it. Terrence, you're awesome. Thank you so much. I Take hope care, you enjoy Terrence. Be here. safe. Way to go, Tia. Hey, tomorrow, right, you September 1st, September LT. I am gone. We'll see you next week.